This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello and welcome into another edition of Reality NSFW's coverage of Big Brother Canada 10. I'm your host, Bobby Goodsby, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Brent Wagma. Brent, how are you? Doing fantastic. Uh, very excited to talk about this week. Uh, a lot still up in the air, even more up in the air after we heard the last little outro to the Big Brother Canada guy saying, you know, something about the chain of safety going into the double yes. eviction tomorrow. So not only do we not really know who's going to go home, we also don't really know what's happening tomorrow in the double evictions, but I have my thoughts on it so we can break it all down. All right, let's let's uh, let's definitely get into it. We did see, like Brent alluded to, this chain of safety power that's going to be coming into the house starting tomorrow for the double eviction. And Arissa did say it's not going to be a, a normal double eviction. So I'm very interested. I'm glad they're kind of spicing it up because honestly, I, I like double evictions, but it needed something. It needed something else because usually, you know, it's just kind of, you know, it goes according to plan exactly every single time. You know, we've had it in the past where it doesn't, but let's let's change it up a little bit. So I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah. let's uh, let's get into the episode. Uh, Brent, we see that Jess has nominated Herman and Moose to the block. Uh, what were your thoughts of her nominees this week going into uh, going into the competition? I mean, I think they were probably pretty good nominees. I mean, Moose said it best in the episode where he was like, you know, I have been saying their name a lot. So uh, the fact that they put me up. Not a big surprise. I was hoping it wouldn't happen, but, you know, they probably made a good move on their own. And also, Herman, you know, I think that there are people that are higher up on Herman's pecking order than Jess. Jess was certainly at the bottom. Uh, so the fact that they also put up Herman as a nominee and some, uh, somebody who was very, very powerful within the house, I feel like in Herman, um, I think was these were two fine choices for Jess. I don't know if they necessarily got to the reason for putting them up was the reason they needed for putting them up, but they got to the right destination and that was probably the correct play. Yeah. I thought they did a great job this week. I think that they targeted exactly who they need to. Like last week we talked about it. We were saying, who do we want to win HOH? And I said, I wanted to see a Jess HOH cause I wanted to see this house shaken up. I wanted to see what they were going to do with the power, especially being in the position that they are where they're constantly being a nominee. And so I wanted to see a change up in the power, see where their loyalty lands. And um, I was very happy to see it. I think that this house needed a shakeup like that. And, uh, you know, it's it's been a great season. So I'm very excited to see that we're not just seeing, you know, one alliance run all the way to the end. So another thing I want to talk about is we saw this girls alliance uh, form. Um, what is it? The fan or the... Oh my gosh, I always forget the name of the line. Siblings. Siblings. The siblings. I always want to say the sisters. I don't know why, but that's just the, the name that comes to my head. The Siblings Alliance. Now, honestly, we see that Summer and Tanisha are really just using this alliance to their advantage. Um, I think that they would swing whichever way is best for them in this game. But what did you think of them um, really laying it on thick with Jess with this alliance? Well, um, I, I think that it's it's a great thing that they brought it up on the show. I don't know in reality how much of a big deal this this actually was. I think that Jess is probably right in that the siblings wasn't really that big of a deal to the people in it. It was just, you know, they were a number for Summer. I don't think that Summer, you know, has Jess in her long-term plans at all. And Summer would be considered, in my view, the leader of that little group of girls there. Um, so I think that they were probably right in assuming, you know, hey, I'm not 
I'm not their number one. This, this alliance is maybe a side alliance that I'm a part of. It's not that big of a deal. It certainly didn't seem like that big of a deal to me heading into the episode tonight. I was a little shocked that they brought it up um, only because of the fact that I, it, 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 it's sort of been a tangential thing that has been you know, percolating throughout the week. And like the fact that Jess ended up putting Tanisha on the block at the end of the episode shows you what they thought of the, the Alliance in the first place, that it really wasn't that big of a deal. I think there are other groups of people and other factions and other groups of alliances working together in the house that are far more powerful and more real than what, uh, the siblings is, but that's what got the airtime tonight. And yes, for those of you who are confused about this week, I, I got it. I've been watching the feeds. I can break it down for you. I feel like I have a good idea of where we are right now and how we got there. So I'm going to help you guys. I'm going to help you guys out in, in short order. I will help you. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. That's what we have to hear. Yeah. I, I was very surprised as well with how much they leaned on the siblings Alliance in this episode. Um, I agree with you. I did think that they were laying it on thick with uh, Jess and trying to persuade them, but you didn't see that as much on the live feeds as you did in the episode. And the episode really, really emphasized that that was them going full force into that alliance. Um, so let's uh, let's get into the episode a little bit. The at the start of this, we see them come back and they're they're talking about what they want to do going forward in this house. And you see the reaction that Herman and uh, Moose had in the nomination ceremony. And you see Jess's reaction to what they did, how they disrespected the nomination ceremony. Do you feel like that had any effects uh, towards anything in the house? Or do you think that that's just them being them? I think that's them being them. I think that Jess is still in freaking high school and wants to be popular and doesn't want to feel shit on. And I feel like they thought that they were a little clowned by Herman and Moose, especially Herman, doing what they did in the nomination ceremony. To me, it wasn't a big deal at all. I don't think anybody but Jess thought it was a big deal. I don't think Herman yeah. thought it was a big deal. I don't think anybody in the house thought it was a big deal. It was just like, oh my God. And then Jess, of course, exactly Moses, overreaction, the entire title of Jess's uh, HOH reign should be called overreaction because they get offended by everything. Like there are people in the house that are this way. And Jess is one of them. They are the, the king and queen of victimhood. I don't, there's not a plural word to say that, but the, they are the, <laughs> they are the kings and queens of victimhood because, Oh my God, everything's about Jess. Everything's about them when it comes to anything. It's about how put upon they are, how clown they feel, how disrespected they feel, how how they're not included in anything. They just want to be included. Honestly, I feel like Jess just went into the Big Brother house looking for a friend. Like, literally, I feel yeah. like Jess just went into the Big Brother house looking for a friend because they're still talking about things that happened in, you know, when they were 17 in high school. So uh, it, it's girl. Like, for real. Like, th this is just such overkill. And uh, I don't understand uh, how can you can be so upset about the fact that Herman, it's his, it's his moment. Like, I said this, actually, this is so funny because I got written up at work. I made a mistake in one of my games and I let somebody bet a little too high on one and one of my one of my games. And when that happens, you get written up. OK, and I was but I but but the thing was, I turned myself in. So I was kind of mad that I got written up. And then I ended, I ended up getting written anyway because I turned myself in. Right. So my manager gave it to me and I wrote on the thing like this is what I get for being honest. And my manager kind of got a little huffy with me. And after I left, I kind of had the opinion, you know what? You don't get to get huffy with me. I'm the one who got written up. I'm the one who gets to get a little huffy because it's me the one who's getting written up. You see, same thing in this instance. Jess is HOH. Jess is completely safe this week. The fact that Herman might have acted a certain way going onto the block, it's about Herman. It's not about Jess. Jess, you don't get to get pissed because you're safe this week. Herman is the one with his ass on the line. Like at this point in time, he's the target. He knows it. Moose got a congratulations. Good luck in the veto. And Herman got a, you know, I you stomped all over my olive branch. So Herman knows he's the target. So he can act however the fuck he wants. And I can't believe that Jess really felt any certain way about it. It was it was ridiculous. I feel like every single one of Herman's reactions to Jess in this episode are completely justified because 
they want you to go. They want you out of this house. So why try to rekindle things? Why try to have some kind of friendship or alliance? Like you can respect each other as as people, you know, outside the house and just, you know, in, it's a game. As a game player, you don't have to like this person. As a game player, you guys don't have to see eye to eye. But don't be offended when they are not so much appreciative of the way you're running your HOH because that's just you know their reaction. That's singularly their reaction, and they are yes. more inclined to have it than ever because they're yes. the ones possibly going home. So, so I agree with you. I just wanna. I just want to stop down real quick, and and before we go further in the episode, um, I'm I'm gonna let you know two things. Number one, a lot of the stuff that's happening in the episode isn't gonna end up mattering because things have changed since this episode was taped, and you know, like things have changed throughout the week. So we can talk about the episode. But number two, I just want to say this because I I feel like I might forget to say this. Herman has quickly become my favorite house guest out of everybody. Because Herman gets that this is a TV show and that he wants to entertain us and he wants to have a good time and it's all about the game, but he's got a life on the outside. So he doesn't really care about the hundred thousand dollars. Like he wants to win just like everybody else, but he's there to make us laugh and cry and play along. And I just, and he's, and he's a fantastic game player. So you add all of that together and he's quickly become one of my favorite players to ever play big brother i'm so glad he won the veto this week because it looks like he's going to make jury assuming that jury starts after this week and like we get to have him for the rest of the season and i i here's the thing i don't think there's a chance in hell that he makes it to the end because even even as good of a player as he is i still feel like there are too many people in the house that are onto him at this point which maybe indicts him a little bit as not being as good as I maybe I want to give him credit for. But still, I think that he's just one of the most fascinating players that I think I've seen in a long time on Big Brother Canada or Big Brother US. And um, I'm so excited that Big Brother put him on the show. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's been a very entertaining uh, cast member. He's been someone who's, you know, really diving into this game and is playing a tough game, playing a very hard game. Might be a little, you know, little too much that I don't think he's getting to the end, just like you said, but I think that at least he's doing what we want to see. We want to see someone playing the game. We want to see someone entertaining. So I completely agree with you on those points. Um, something about the episode I do want to talk about them is you see Josh has basically an alliance with everyone. He, he talks about all the different final twos he has. And in this competition, he gets picked by Moose. We see him get picked by Moose. Probably the last person he thought would have taken him and asked him to be a part of this competition. But he's in this competition now, and he's got two different sides to appease. What were your thoughts, and do you think that Josh should have tried to win this competition? And what do you think of his position? Yeah, I didn't understand why Josh was trying to win this comp competition anyway. I mean, number one, he's a doctor, so he doesn't really need the $5,000. So I can't believe that that was a big impetus for him to try to, to try to win. To me, winning this competition would have really blown up his spot in the house by keeping the nominations this, the same, by not using the veto on Herman when he has a final two with Herman, unless he really didn't want to honor the final two with Herman and wanted to get Herman out of the house. But I think Herman being in the house is good for Josh. I think that Josh's best play was to play in the veto and not win it. Like that's yes. what his best play was from my point of view. The fact that he didn't win it was sort of a blessing in disguise. And I don't even think he totally realizes that. Um, and this was one of those vetoes that you definitely could throw uh, if, you know, if you really wanted to, uh, so, you know, I, 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 I think that most people are probably onto the fact that Josh has a lot of irons in the fire, but also nobody really wants to do anything about it at this point. So I think everybody's kind of fine with the fact that Josh is fine with mostly everybody. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's like a, in a game wise, he's a wallflower as part of the game. Like I wouldn't say he's a wallflower in the house, but game wise, he's kind of just there. And he's kind of riding a lot of different coattails that at this point, he can kind of go from side to side, whichever way needed. But he's not positioning himself in, this is my definitive side. This is who I'm sticking with. Like two other people's faces. People still think that he's a part of their game in many yeah. different directions. Yeah, 100%. So he he's from from a from a gameplay point of view he's really come alive since he was nominated and, and almost evicted uh during that famous blind side of Steph uh a week or two ago um and since then he's been in it to win it and we love to see it i will say that he's not like for his 
I don't, I don't know how to quite say it, but um, for his position in the house, he's not as good of a player as his position in the house would indicate, if that makes yes. sense. Like his position in the house is really fantastic. I don't know that he's as good of a player to live up to that position in the house, but he's quickly trying to catch up to where his position in the house is, which is very yes. good at this point. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I think that now that things have, have desolidified a little bit, like I'm just going to jump forward a little bit. Um, so we saw at the end of the episode, she put up or they put up Tanisha and Moose was the target. Well, since then a lot has changed since then, a group of house guests has gotten together to blindside another group of house guests to keep Moose in the house and evict Tanisha. But other things have happened in the house to disallow that. So things are still kind of up in the air. We can talk about that in a bit. But one thing I would wanted to tell you is that Josh was playing, was trying to play a really like uh, fifth degree chess level kind of game where he was going to vote with one side of the house, but secretly be working with the other side of the house. And in a house like this, with a lot of people who talk and can't keep a fucking secret, that is a really dangerous place to be. So I'm intrigued to see what happens with Josh moving forward. Yes, completely agree. Uh, we'll definitely, definitely get to more of that by the end of this. I, I want to talk a little bit more to about Josh in that competition. You, you talked about it where he had no reason to even go for that veto competition. He had no reason to win it. One, he, like you said, he doesn't probably need the money. I mean, granted, we don't know his situation completely, but uh, right. thinking he's a doctor, he's probably fine. 5,000, um, yeah, exactly. But it, the biggest thing for me was this is only going to hurt him. This is only going to hurt his either his relationship with Jess or his relationship with Herman, and then those specific sides of the house that he is kind of playing the middle of. Now... I agree with you. I think his best thing, which ended up happening, would be to try hard in the competition, you know, make it assume like you want to win this competition and then don't win the competition because then you could say you at least tried and no yeah. one's, you know, disappointed with you. And that happened and he got very lucky that happened. But if he would have won and take Herman off, he would have been completely solidifying himself with that side of the house. There would be no question this week amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen management concepts optimizes your professional development online in person individually or groups it's training that's measurably better learn more at managementconcepts.com that's managementconcepts.com Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers as to where he stands. And honestly, if he would have taken Herman off, like I, I don't know who would have gone up in replacement of him, but I think that next week he could have been in real danger. I really do, depending on who falls into power. So I think he got very lucky and I agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I don't think that uh, there was, there was no universe where he was going to win the veto and use it on Herman. Like he, and in something, unless something truly bizarre yeah. happened, if he won the veto, mm -hmm. he was not going to use it on Herman, and Herman was mm -hmm. probably going to go home. Now, Herman's mm -hmm. a good player, but I still think Herman would have probably gone home in that instance. But, uh, but again, that's mm -hmm. not what happened. I, I will say that, um, that again, these nominations were probably pretty apt for Jess. Um, I don't know that I agree with their decision at the end of the episode. Um, I really don't think that Tanisha is a threat to Jess in the long term or in the short term, for that matter, going into, you know, next week or the double eviction or anything like that. Um, but, you know, this is the bet that they made. And so uh, just I'm going to skip forward at this point in time and move mm -hmm. to the end of the episode to let you all know, like, what's been happening, because I think there's a couple things you need to understand about where the house is right now, how su successful Jess has been in their HOH and 
what the lay of the land is headed into the double eviction, at least at this point in time at what, 8.30 on a Wednesday um, Eastern time. Um, so this is what's happened. So uh, some of the ramifications of Kyle, okay? Remember Kyle was HOH like two weeks ago. And some of the things that he said and did sort of pushed some house guests with each other. And some of the, I'm just going to, I'm going to speak real to you, to you for a second. Some of the white house guests started Kevin, uh, Jess, uh, Marty started talking about the possibilities of a cookout to Alliance. They thought maybe that the house guests of color were potentially working together. Now I'm here to tell you they were not, but they thought that there was a possibility that they were. So consequently, those people started talking together, but in doing so, they sort of pushed the black and dark-skinned house guests who were previously not working with each other sort of together because they weren't really working with each other before. But now in, in reaction to what's happening on the other side of the house, now they kind of are. So that's where things had sort of uh, were. It was an uneasy sort of settling of things headed into this week. Okay. And then Jess nominates uh, Herman and Moose. Now summer and company doesn't really have a big allegiance to Herman at this point, but you know, she, she would rather probably not see him go. And so when he wins the veto, now he's off the block. Now Tanisha's on the block and they think they're going, they, everybody in the house thinks they're going to do, they're going to just evict Moose this week and that Tanisha's going to stay. But what happened in the meantime is that Kevin starts talking again. The thing you have to understand is this, that Kevin likes the chaos that was happening two weeks ago when Kyle was HOH. Kevin thrives in that sort of environment. So what Kevin has tried to do is to create these sort of mixing of two sides of the house where people like Marty and Gino and Jace and Josh and Helena and Jess are all working together and they were going to vote to keep Moose and blindside the other part of the house because they knew that Summer and Betty were going to vote to keep Tanisha. That's what was happening. So it was sort of like the mostly white side of the house was going to blindside the mostly black side of the house. And I hate to break it down in those terms, but that's where everybody sort of has filtered out into in terms of what side of the house that they're on. That's what was happening before today. Then Moose started to campaign and in doing so kind of exposed some votes that he had. And now people that were previously predisposed to voting to keep Moose and blindside the other end of the house now may not be, they might not be up for that. Also, it should be noted that Herman has sort of gotten wind of the fact that Moose may be staying and has tried to maybe switch over to the other side of the house. But in doing so that, Josh, who was working with Kevin and was he was the person I talked about who was going to vote to keep Tanisha, but he knew that that Moose was going to end up staying like he was going to vote Moose out. But he knew that Tanisha was going to go because he wanted to keep his cover because he's working with Kevin and Helena in the Ghost Alliance. I know you, they talked about the Ghost Alliance, but they sort of have brought Josh in. I'm sorry, I'm going on a big, big tangent here to explain to y'all what's happening. But this is where I'm at. So Josh is now scared of that because he knows that that a couple things. Number one, when Moose was campaigning, he exposed to the showmans, Gino and Jace, that that he had Josh's vote, but they didn't previously know that because they thought he was going to vote the other way. So now they're, he's a, Josh is afraid that if he votes Moose out and it comes back five to four, that this, the showmance is going to be pissed at him because he didn't do what he said he was going to do. So he might vote that way. Moose has gotten wind that Moose, uh, Herman has gotten wind that Moose might stay. So he might vote that way. So at this point, it could be seven to two with Moose staying. It could be seven to two. But also, like I said, Moose fucked a few things up in his campaigning. And because of that, Kevin and Helena and Josh have been talking and they're like, well, maybe we should just get rid of Moose anyway because he screwed everything up. The thing you need to understand is that Kevin likes the chaos of the Big Brother house because that's where he thrives. Herman 
has been trying to flip over to the side of the house that was going to blindside his side of the house because he wants to keep things in order. So it's like a battle between order and chaos that is really, really cool, but it has undercurrents of things that are not cool in that it's the mostly white side of the house with against the mostly black side of the house. And because of that, I'm leading up to something because of that, we have not seen many conversations from the HOH. Again, Jess is the HOH this week, but we haven't really seen much of their conversations in the HOH room for the past 48 hours. And why is that? Because there have been some microaggressions that have happened. There's been some grouping of house guests together that maybe you wouldn't think were working together, but the White House guests just assumed that other people were working together. And Jess has certainly been a part of that. And because of that, Big Brother Canada is cutting the feeds anytime Jess seems to be on camera. And that really sucks. And it's frustrating, as you can see from the people in the chat room. So that's the lay of the land where we are right now. Stacey, I know you said you were confused. And I'm hoping I I know I went on a big tangent here, but I'm hoping that that lets you know a little bit where we are. Again, heading into tomorrow, I still don't even totally know who's going to stay. If I had to pick, I think that Moose is probably going to stay. And I, and I think that Betty and Summer and Tanisha are going to be blindsided when Tanisha is evicted tomorrow. But again, that could change overnight because these house guests are so fluid and it's so fascinating to see. There, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think it's uh, it's very fascinating. It's all over the place. It's intense now i do agree with you it's unfortunate um the underlining of it of uh where these houses are splitting um but i also think this is exactly what we talked about on the former u.s uh big brother season where the house guest said when they were doing the cookout they were like this is going to have ramifications from here on out for future future seasons where Black contestants are going to have trouble being in the house together and possibly forming alliances together because everyone's going to think it's a uh, cookout 2.0. They literally talked about this last year that this might not ever happen again. This is why they need someone of color to win this or win this game because every season going forward, whether it be Canada or U.S., is going to have the ramification of this is a cookout all over again. Whether it be appropriate or not, or right or not, that's just the world it, it is, and the people are going to think that. So I think with yeah. that being said, I think that that is why there is this underlining thing too. Yeah, so um, just about that really quickly. It is the world that we live in. That the house mm -hmm. guests are going to think, oh, you know, look, because they they recognize that the people from uh, season twenty three of Big Brother who were not in the cookout, like how stupid they looked, how stupid Claire looked, how stupid other people looked, but they couldn't see what was happening around them, and they don't want to they don't want to get got again. Okay, so they're putting that possibility out there. Now it's really frustrating because you know you've had like what 23 seasons of Big Brother and only one time have all of the black house guests come together to actually do something in the house and so what now you're just going to like put every person of color with every other player of color in the house and assume that they're working together which obviously this season they were not um that's really frustrating and I can see where a lot of the black fans who are on Twitter a lot of other people of color who are on Twitter and social media are frustrated with the house because you know, it happens one time and now you're, you know, it, they feel like they, as in people of color who are on Twitter are feeling like they're going to have to pay for the, for the rest of their lives. The fact that one season of big brother, the yes. black house guests actually work together. So I understand their frustration. It's, you know, it, this is what happens when you introduce the idea of $100,000 into a social dynamic game, because everyone's going to want to feel two ways. Number one, they're going to want to win the money. Number two, they don't want to look stupid. And that's yeah. where a lot of this is coming from, in my opinion, plus their own undercurrent of biases. And we all have biases and we get to see them when they're on 24 seven camera. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's not something necessarily we agree with or condone, but that's just the world we live in. That's how when exactly like you said, when there's money involved, your social dynamic changes or maybe you just get in your own head or maybe your biases take over. It's just going to be a part of this game. And now that we've seen a you know season where an all-black alliance has won, that's always going to be in someone's head. That's always going to be there. And like you said, it they is. don't want to be 
They don't want to look at be looked at as stupid and didn't see it coming. But yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Yep, exactly. So, That's where we're at right now. Yep. And, and I do want to also bring up, oh, sorry, unless you had something else you wanted to say. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, I also want to bring something else because um, Mary in the chat made me think of it. Um, mm -hmm. Let me be really clear. This this house is being controlled by Kevin right now, in my opinion. Kevin, and I, well, I said that, that Herman is probably my favorite player in the house, but Kevin is the most fascinating player in the house because Kevin is controlling nearly everything and has positioned the house guests on a on a plane board where he wants them to be. Now Herman is working against him and I don't even know that that Kevin totally realized it. I mean, I think he does because he wanted Herman to go, but I don't know if he realizes how much Herman is working against him. Like I said, it's like a competition between order and chaos. Kevin is trying to make sure that everything is in chaos because that's where he thrives and he's wanting people to be confused about where people are and what their motivations are in order to move forward in the house and to secure safety for himself. Herman, on the other hand, wants a structure. He wants a... Uh, a side or two sides of the house where he knows who's safe. He knows what he needs to do. I think going into the double eviction tomorrow, Herman has done his best to talk with various threats in the house and make deals with them so that he's not in any danger. I think the only there, maybe there are one or two people that he doesn't have a deal with. And that's Kevin and Helena are the two people who would probably put up Herman in the double eviction tomorrow. Of course, they don't know what the double eviction is going to be. Obviously I have my thoughts on the whole chain of safety that we heard at the end of the episode um but uh i think that herman has done a good job of trying to instill some structure in the house whereas kevin has done his best to tear that down so it's a fascinating battle between the two of them and uh i'm very excited to see who wins i'm hoping one of them yeah. does yeah I, I you know i'm not gonna say i i'm i'm not stealing this or anything but i saw christina on twitter and i saw you retweeted it where she said it's like a dan yes. game versus a Derek game and that's the best way to put it and as much as we've always wanted to see a Derek versus dan season or you know some sort of you know game between them this is like as close as i think we're gonna get and i am fascinated by the way kevin is playing this game and where he came from to where he is now i think that he is playing a fantastic game where he came in with a game plan he came in with an idea he, he did wanted to be this sketchy character that people maybe couldn't trust but wanted to pretend he didn't know this game and just work his way in and really kind of just stand back let other people get at each other and then kind of work from underneath. And I think that's actually coming to fruition now. I mean, the game is so open and so, um, you know, it, it's not predictable at this point. So to see him really controlling his people or controlling the flow of the house and Herman, who's kind of doing the same thing on his side, but trying to control it against Kevin. And I, I just think it's fascinating. And I, I really think that, especially with this double eviction, we don't know what the twist is. We don't know what this, uh, you know, what is it? Chain of safety is going to happen. Um, yeah. But I'm excited to see which way the house goes with those two different dynamics. So um, I'm sure that they probably thought of this twist Let's talk about the twist for tomorrow. I'm sure they probably thought of this twist before the season, but the fact that they have such a fluid house, this is a really great time to introduce something like a safety chain. Now, obviously on Sequester, all of the Sequester minis, they had this twist before if it's the same thing, and it sure as hell sounds like it is. And they also did it on Big Brother... Uh, uh, Celebrity Big Brother 3 when they had the Mon Juan twist or whatever with the hat that you had to pass around that was basically yeah. safety. Um, now, what we don't know is are we going to be left with two house guests at the end that are the nominees or are we going to be left with one person at the end that is just evicted? So, like, for instance, they could have a competition or maybe spin a wheel. Maybe they have a competition. They'll probably have a competition to let somebody spin a wheel and that person is safe and then they pass safety on to somebody else and they pass safety on to somebody else do they go down to the final two or do they go down to the final one because if they go down to the final one then that person's probably out if they go down to the final two then those two people are the nominees then maybe they have a veto competition after that maybe they don't they actually they probably don't because that would take a lot of time to get through you know i'd say a half hour to try to get through all of those people um, and try to get down to the final two and then have a vote between those people. So 
I, I feel like that's probably what it's going to be, but let, let it just be said that this originated on Sequester. This is Audrey's idea. Actually, I texted Audrey right after I heard this on the episode that they were doing a safety chain on the double eviction of Big Brother Canada. And uh, so I have no doubt that that's where this came from. And I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow on the episode. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I mean, I love when they do those those kind of competitions. We even saw a similar thing on uh, Big Brother Over the Top where it was whoever had the bug or whatever it was, and then they just hand yes. it down, and then we see who wins HOH. I love that kind of competition. Now, my only question is, how do they fit that into the episode? How can they, with time constraints, do that? Now, I think the best way to do it is put people on the spot where they don't really have time to strategize it and see what happens. That's the only thing I could see because how are they going to make this entertaining enough while allowing people to try to formulate their decision? Well, that's my biggest concern. Remember that the Big Brother Canada episodes, the eviction episodes are taped. They are not mm -hmm. live. True. So True. they have a little True. room I always to maneuver. That. Yeah, they have a little room to maneuver. I think, you know, if they gave each house guest, you know, three minutes you got three minutes to decide who you're going to make safe. And maybe you have to like run in and put somebody's name up or hit a button and say somebody's name. Who's the next person safe. I don't know how they do it, but um, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure they've thought all about this again. I think it's probably going to go down to the final two house guests. And those two people are the nominees. Now, big brother Canada never guarantees that people have a chance to win veto. They've, frequently will have what's called an instant eviction where the HOH will just put up two nominees and then you have a vote. So uh, there mm -hmm. may not even be a veto tomorrow. I, if they don't have a veto, then obviously that's going to give them a lot more time. And no, and also if they don't have a veto, then there's no veto ceremony. So that'll give them a lot mm -hmm. of time to play safety chain tomorrow. And then, you know, the last 15 minutes of the episode is the vote and the interview and that's it. So be I, very I think that's probably what it's going to be. Yeah. It'd, yeah. it'd be very interesting. Now, is it a two-hour episode or one-hour episode tomorrow? I don't know, you guys. The chat will tell us. Anyone know? I don't know. Anyone I, in I'm the assume... chat know if it's one hour, or two hours? I'm assuming it's a one-hour uh, episode tomorrow, so we'll see. Yeah. I don't. I haven't heard of any two-hour episodes of Big Brother Canada, um, so we'll yeah. see. But I think it's probably going to be a one-hour episode, and we're going to have two house guests evicted. And I think the second person evicted is probably going to be. Uh, the first member of the jury. So obviously mm -hmm. we'll see. Um, so Mary says in the chat that safety chain sounds like Jess is going to go home. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I mean, the, the, the thing when the safety gets in any one person's hands, um, I can see a lot happening, especially if, um, you know, let's say Kevin wins H O not H O H Kevin gets safety somewhere in there and sees that Jess is vulnerable. Jess is a valuable piece on the board for Kevin right now. I do, and I know he knows that they might go home if they hit the block. So I could see Kevin giving safety to Jess. And, uh, because, and the reason being, because this H O H has basically been controlled by Kevin. I mean, Jess has had a little bit of input, but Basically, anything that Kevin wanted to have happen has happened thus far. And so it's been Kevin's HOH from my point of view. So, again, Jess is a valuable piece on the board for Kevin. I can't imagine he's going to want to let them go. So if, if yeah. he gets safety at any point, I have to believe he's probably going to at least think about saving Jess if they are not already safe. So let's say that is the case, and that is what we're going to see tomorrow is – Jess a part of the competition or because she's the outgoing HOH and does that mean say someone goes home and that's exactly how it plays out 
is she not able to compete in the following week's HOH competition? Those are all questions I have that come to my head. I think the way this would probably work is that Jess would be able to compete in safety chain. Um, but the following week, they who the, they could not compete for HOH. So basically, they'll be, they'll be taking a week off. So this is a special case for safety chain. Everyone can participate in safety chain. I have to believe that Jess is going to be a part of that. Otherwise, the twist won't really make sense um, if they yeah. can't get safety at any point. Uh, and then the following week, when they have a regular HOH competition, that's that's the week that Jess will probably sit out, assuming that they're, they're yeah. still in the house. That would be my prediction as well. Now, um you got my mind going now with, uh, yeah. with how this could all play out. Cause I wasn't thinking that at all, but that does make a lot of sense as to where they could be going with that. Um, all right. So if you had to make a prediction, then let's say it does play out that way. Who do you think would be the one at, on the short end of the stick? Let's say, you know, two or maybe even one person left. What would you say? Who would you say would be the person or people? I mean, the thing is, the people that I feel like are in the most danger and like Herman and Summer and Jess all have people that are pretty loyal to them. And if those people get the safety, I have to believe that they're going to save those people. I mean, you know, a safety chain introduces such an unstable element into the house. I don't know. Like, does anybody really care about Moose? Does anybody really care about Betty? Like... I don't know. Like, you know, a lot of times the people with the least social bonds end up on the bottom in a safety chain round. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I feel like that this might work out well for somebody like summer who's been in hot water lately, because again, a lot of the house has been thinking about blindsiding her and her people. Um, but I, I don't know anything could happen in a safety chain. Yeah, so it looks like it is one hour show. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be a interesting. I, I totally forgot the fact that they do film that ahead of time, so they can make that work. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, one thing I did want to throw out there: we saw the competition. What were your thoughts on the veto competition itself? I I actually loved it. I thought it 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 introduced a lot of different elements into the competition, such as balance, such as you know. Uh, hurrying and try to find the different uh, uh, pieces of clothing that you had to to put on. Um, but let's face it, everything was a, like like every survivor competition. Uh, it's all about the end point. In fact, I think in many of these competitions they've been having lately on Big Brother Canada, it's always about the last part of the competition because you know you saw Jace get to the end of the competition and they were way behind, and then she finally caught up. And she had a, it looks like she had just as much of a chance to win it as anybody. But uh, Herman pulled it out. Herman got lucky that Josh could not place that water bottle. I'll have you I'll have you guys know that I think Josh got lucky that Josh couldn't place yeah. that water bottle because I feel like if he had won, it would have done a lot of detriment to his game because all of a sudden he would have been seen as a as a decision maker, and he doesn't want to be seen as a decision maker right now. Uh, I, I, I I he wants to stay in the shadows. He wants to stay a ghost. Yeah, no, I, you know, I miss the explanation of the competition. I was having trouble with my browser and it came back and I see them looking for clothes and then they finally figure out which clothes are theirs. I had no idea what they were looking for on these clothes. Like, I feel like if you missed, you know, 10 seconds, like I did in the explanation, that was not clear at all what they were. That's so funny because I also missed it and I just like figured, okay, they're looking for clothes. I don't know. I don't know what clothes they're looking for or how they're determining what are their clothes. Like like, was it actually their clothes from like their house, like from the house or what, or, or was it, I I don't know what it was. Anyways, the point being like, I guess they had tags. I, I, I didn't totally see the tags, uh, night razor. I, I I saw, I saw when Jace got, um, her, blouse i saw it had a tag on the back of it so maybe it had their names on it yes. i don't know something but, but that's what i was wondering too i was like well is it a price tag you're looking for do you each have a different price like i, I had no yeah. idea what i was looking for there it's like but, mini pearl it like it has their name on it so that's yeah. a dated reference and then I thought they were like uh, <laughs> i thought they were each gonna have like different items that they had to get on there and i was like oh it's all the same exact items so okay that's interesting also this looked impossible to do. Like, unless there was like magnets at the end of, of these items that we're not able to see, but you could see it like when you're there. Cause I'm like, how could they make that boot just stand there? No problem on that tiny pole. Or how can you get that, 
you know, that couch cushion thing that we saw, how could you get that to sit there? If I tried that 10 million times, I couldn't get it one time. Like, there had to have been a magnet or something on there. It was very strange Crazy. to me. Yeah. And this is the biggest product placement competition I've seen in a long time. So they really went out of their ways to make winners happy. Um, right? Oh, gosh, they did. Yes. And the person won $5,000. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious at the end of the competition when Herman eventually won. He ran over and, you know, he wanted to talk some smack to Jess yeah. about, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what he was trying to say with the, um, with with shaking their hand he was like you know thank you so much for putting me up meaning what he was trying to say was thank you so much for giving me a chance to save myself rather than trying to backdoor me uh yeah yeah that's what he was saying but he didn't get it all out because he was so excited and then jess was like was that for giving you the chance to win five thousand dollars and he was like oh my god i won five thousand dollars yay <laughs> <laughs> that was great that was great I, yes and it really that was right there in the nutshell is uh just taking things a little too uh too seriously <laughs> so i do agree with right? you on that. um oh all right so before we get to the end of this episode and what we think going forward we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back if you get a chance you're on youtube right now please hit that like button it helps us out a lot um and keeps us on the show going forward so thank you for that and here's the commercial break Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor each and every flavor actually tastes great and it's convenient and discreet products can be enjoyed anywhere on flights at work on the go or even in the gym i am so happy that lucy is sponsoring us ever since they came on board i have gotten no less than five of my friends transitioned over to lucy and put their cigarettes down They like the gum. I'm used to seeing the packages all around. This stuff is great, and it's really helping people make much healthier choices. So get on board and join the Lucy movement. Hey, it's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple that you don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Reality NSFW listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code SURVIVOR to get 20% off all products, including gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use promo code SURVIVOR at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. That's lucy.co, and be sure to use that promo code SURVIVOR. This episode of Reality NSFW is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us, Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer-lasting erections. That's right, we're giving away super hard dicks. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor offices, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. BlueChew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Hey, if you're looking to give that immunity idol to someone or you don't want to be voted out of a crater, 
don't worry. Blue Chew's got you covered. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code SURVIVOR at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's Blue Chew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code SURVIVOR to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. We're all trying to eat better, but healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff. And it's amazing as a midnight snack right before bed. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. That's only 140 calories per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and my favorite, maple waffle. Now, Magic Spoon recently brought back their two super popular flavors, cookies and cream and maple waffle. Thank goodness. But they're back permanently. And when these flavors were first introduced for a limited time, they sold out extremely quickly. Now, I'm here to let you know you can get them again or try them for the first time. Why? Because they're delicious and indulgent. Johnny, Magic Spoon has so many great flavors that I really enjoy, and even my kids enjoy them. We have the cocoa, fruity frosted, peanut butter. All these are really great combinations. Um, They enjoy waking up in the morning and getting some Magic Spoon right off to start their day great before they head off to school. I think everybody listening should give Magic Spoon a try, or if you've tried them already, it's time to reorder. Let's get you some more Magic Spoon and uh, get your day started right. Hey, when I finish a podcast late at night... The first thing I'm thinking is not sleep. It's let me grab a delicious bowl of Magic Spoon before I go to bed. So go to magicspoon.com forward slash survivor to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code survivor at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember to get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash survivor and use the code survivor to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this podcast. All right, guys, we are back. And uh, we did get some questions from uh, everybody in the chat. Um, before we get there, let's just finish up with the episode. We did see that Jess decided that they were going to put up Tanisha on the block uh, alongside Moose, they had debated putting up Alina that they thought that would possibly be best for their game, but we saw Kevin get in their ear and convince them not to on the episode. What were your thoughts? Do you think that they made the right decision, Brent, or do you think that they should have gone with their initial instinct of putting up Helena? I think they should have gone with their initial instinct of putting up Helena. Uh, because Tanisha is not the big honcho that people think that she is. I think that people think that she's a threat to win, that she's really doing a lot in the game. I mean, all you need to know about Tanisha is that, number one, Tanisha doesn't know that she's in trouble this week, and number two, her campaign has been really terrible. Like, she just thinks the votes are there. She's like Steph from a couple weeks ago where she just thinks the votes are there and she's not even worried about it. I mean, she had a conversation with Kevin, I think last night where she was trying to talk with him or maybe a conversation. I can't remember who, but it was a, whatever it was, it was really terrible. Maybe it was Josh where she was having a conversation with them. And uh, she just, she never even got an, anything ironclad out of them. She just thinks that the votes are there and she's not, she seems almost too proud to be willing to ask for a vote. So like Helena was Helena, Tanisha was not the best choice for Jess this week. Tanisha was no threat to Jess's game. I think Helena would have been a threat to Jess's game. And the reason being because Helena is a far better player and has Kevin working side by side with her. And thus that would have undercut Kevin and put him in a worse position than he is now. And I think that, you know, obviously Kevin is not going to take Jess to the end of the game because unless Jess, unless Kevin thinks that he can beat Jess. So, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that uh, this is probably the, the 
the worst call. But now that they've made their bed, they're going to have to lie in it. So trying to blindside Tanisha out of the game might have been the better way to go this week, um, especially if they can go to Moose and say, look, we're going to save you. You know, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to put up Tanisha and we're all going to blindside Tanisha. That would be the better way for them to go. But they haven't even done that, so at least not as far as I've seen. There may have been conversations that Jess has had with Moose. But again, we're not seeing Jess's conversations right now. And the reason we're not seeing those conversations right now is because there's an element of microaggression to it. And Big Brother Canada is hiding that from us at this point, which is really annoying the fuck out of people who watch the feeds. But that's what they're doing. Um, I don't know why they're doing that if they don't really have anything to hide. Um, but I've seen on people on, very, on social media been very upset about the way things are going in the house right now with like all the White House guests over here and all the dark skin house guests over here. So, you know, I don't know where Big Brother Canada's producers are at right now, but they're like I said, they're blocking Jess's conversations almost totally in the house right now. So they're not on the feeds. I don't know what's happening with yeah. Jess. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know how much of uh, truth there was in Helena actually ever going up, but I, I've been finding myself week after week falling more in love with Kevin's game every single time I, I watch him. And so I was thrilled for Kevin's game that Helena wasn't going on the block um, when I found out that you know, there was a possibility I was getting nervous because I think that could have really destroyed Kevin's game, um, especially because he has the ghost alliance with her. But yeah. um, I think that Tanisha, you know, I, I think she put herself in this position. I really do, because you created, I don't know. I don't even know how to say this because I feel like they were trying to do too much. They were trying to make too many people happy. I think Tanisha was just kind of all over the place that she kind of forced her hand where it gave just the out to be able to put Tanisha up. So I don't know. That was just my opinion of the whole situation. And I'm glad that Helena wasn't the one going up. Now, um, yeah. let's uh, let's see here. So we see Tanisha go on the block. We see that it's going to be Moose versus Tanisha. Um, we know the competition or what we think the competition will be going into tomorrow's episode. And uh, we wanted to take some of your questions. So one of the questions is from Mary. Bobby and Brent, give us your chains who is saving who? Do you have an idea? I mean, I mean, there's the easy ones. I think Summer would save Betty. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't. I, I well, let's see. I think Summer would save Betty. Betty would save Summer, especially if they get blindsided on the vote. Um, Helena would save Did Kevin, but I don't know if she'd want to. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if she'd want to expose that or not. Um, Jace and. Gina would save each other. They'd probably want to save Marty, who would probably want to save Kevin because, again, Marty opened up his big mouth and told, I can't remember, it was Josh or Gino. The, the only, maybe it was Moose, I forget. The only, he said, the only person that I have an agreement with is Kevin. Again, Marty cannot keep his fucking mouth shut. So I don't even know. It's, again, it's going to be about the factions. And it's, to me, Mary, it's going to be about the people that have the fewest bonds in the house that, those are the people that are going to be in the most danger is again, is anyone going to stick their neck out for moose? I think Herman is far more safe than moose is in a safety chain kind mm -hmm. of thing, because there are people who will stick their neck out for Herman and want to keep him in the game. But I don't know the moose has that from anybody. I think moose is probably at the bottom of the chain of most people. You know, maybe Jess is there with them, assuming that. Yes. Yeah. That's who I thought. In that. Um, but I, I have to believe that that's where it's probably headed tomorrow. Again, I could be totally wrong. We'll see tomorrow. Maybe that maybe the wheel or whatever lands on moose who know who the hell knows, but I, I have to think mm -hmm. that most people are not going to stick their neck out for moose. Now the people that save him tomorrow, assuming he gets saved again, this is assuming he's there when I don't even know that he's definitely going to be there. But again, there's just so much up, up in that up in the air going into tomorrow. It's a, it's a fascinating house right now. It really is. My biggest uh, question for this competition, if it is that style, would be if Helena was chosen first and then she saves um, uh, Kevin, then I could see Jess being picked by Kevin. Outside of that, just to kind of put up the mirage in, in Jess's head that Kevin's with her still or with them still. And besides that, I don't see any chance that Jess gets saved by anyone in that situation, in that exact situation. Um, yeah. All right, so let's see here. 
Uh, we've got another question from the group. Uh, I would ask, where do you think the house will go from here? But I think that may be too broad with the upcoming double eviction. So who would you like to see win HOH after the double? I'd like to see Summer win HOH. And I'm hoping the fact, like, let's assume that this blind side goes through and that Summer and Betty are left holding the bag and that it's like a seven to two vote or a six to three vote with Josh pretending like he was on their side or something. I would love for Summer to win HOH because I don't think that Summer would necessarily go after Jess. I think that, that everything would reshuffle again and that Summer would go after somebody else that maybe she would, maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. But if you get blindsided by six people, I have to believe you're going to be looking for a pound of flesh. And Summer has been like on the right side of everything thus far. So I think that would be a phenomenal HOH. Plus I think she's in a little bit of danger headed into next week as well, because I think a lot of people in the, like if this was a regular double eviction, I think a lot of people were just going to, uh, a fair amount of people, I should say, we're going to put up Summer and Betty as nominees and try to do a Herman backdoor. I know that's what Kevin's going to do. That's what Helena's going to do. A lot of people looking at putting up Summer and Betty as just placeholders, see how the veto goes and then try to put up Herman assuming that you can. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's what I, I, if, if you're asking me what happens the following week, um, it depends on what happens during safety chain. But again, I think that Herman is such a loud, entertaining, feisty kind of player. I don't know that he's ever going to truly be invisible. So whoever wins HOH is probably going to be looking at him as a nominee, unless it's somebody like Summer or Betty. And they realize that Herman is somebody who's a number in front of them. Like, Herman is somebody who's always going to get taken out before them. So they should keep him in the game. They should not go after him. Even if he is, even if he does end up voting against him, if he finds out that the vote is flipped tomorrow, again, the vote could flip back. I don't know, but that's the kind of house we're in right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a very, very fluid house. Um, now, one thing I did want to ask you, since we haven't talked since last week's eviction, and this is the first time we've been able to bring it up, what did you think of Kyle's parting words when he was leaving the house saying, oh, I got this extra power and now it's back in the game and my clue to you is the number 12. Did you think that that was a little much, um, too much like using production or do you think that that's within the game? It was stupid. I didn't think it was using production. I just thought it was stupid. No one really paid attention to it. I, I know what this is alluding to though. The fact that even though Kyle's thing fell flat, a lot of people... Yes think that Betty has a power in the house, which is obviously a question that we got. I can't remember what the question yeah, is, but somebody right asked us, asking him about the fact that, you know, Brent, how do you feel about Betty not telling people that she doesn't have a power, even though she knows that people think that she has one? I think it's stupid, but I think that Betty thinks that by letting people think that she has a power that it's actually keeping her safe. Whereas in reality, a lot of people want to put up Betty because they think that she has the power because they think that they have to flush it. And then she could end up on the block when maybe she wouldn't otherwise have ended up on the block. So I don't, I don't think this is good on Betty's part at all. I think she needs to come clean with people, but at this point, I don't even know if it would matter. I think people would probably just think, Oh, she's just trying to, even if, even if she protested that she doesn't have a power at this point, I think that people would think that she, she might have one. <laughs> it's just so funny to me that they think that Betty has the power. Like they always bash her for not being able to win anything, saying that she's useless in competition. She's never going to win yet. They think that she has this hidden power and has like all this access to, to some kind of competition game changer in their minds. And uh, it's just funny to me. I, I feel like you know, I feel for her because in this position, I think your best thing to do is just not bring it up, never talk about it, and hopefully it just dissipates. Because if you bring it up, then that's just putting it into people's minds that the possibility is still there or that yeah. you know something about it. So, yeah, just don't talk about it. Don't bring it up. Just let it go, and hopefully people forget. Yeah, um, exactly. But, yeah, so uh, besides that, we've talked about tomorrow. We've talked about this uh, episode. Is there anything else you want to get into about this episode before we get out of here? Well, it's not about the episode. I did I did notice that Kyle is back on Twitter. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but uh, Kyle tweeted out his first thing since being out of the Big Brother house. And it was something to the effect of, you know, week number three was a lot, but it was mine. Meaning, you know, he's trying to take credit for how chaotic everything was, which, again, indirectly, he certainly was responsible for, although that's not what he was trying to do. Um, I saw the replies to his tweet uh 
not the same as when he went in the house. When he went in the house, Twitter was so excited. <laughs> and like the replies to his tweet are basically like, you know, rolling eyes and, and, and <laughs> like there, no one is really happy that he's back on social media. So I, I hope for his sake and his mental health that he has a good support system because it sucks when everybody loves you and then everybody hates you. Like that's, that's really tough to take. So uh, I do hope he has a good support system around him. The fall from grace is real. Like Twitter will really is. stab yeah. you in the back in a heartbeat. You say the wrong thing. If you do the wrong thing, if you take out someone that they like, it doesn't matter what it is. It, it, they will find a reason to hate you and then squash you into the ground to make you feel little. I mean, it, it's we've seen it time after time, and I really do feel for these people because some people don't realize it is just a game, and they take it way too literally or way too seriously. So I feel for Kyle in that fact because he probably didn't deserve all the you know. He deserves some of it. People had for him. But, yeah, I mean, he, he, he seems like a decent guy. He seems like a decent guy. I think we're all decent guys at the end of the world for the most part. I, I mm -hmm. mean, guys and girls. But um, I think that uh, I think he deserves some of the flaming that he's getting and some of the trolling that he's getting. Um, he he was he he did he did some unsavory things in the house, in my opinion. And yeah. I think he's the, he's the root cause of where things are in the house right now. With again, most of the White House guests on one side and most of the uh, people of color are on the other side of the house. And I think that all stems from yeah. Kyle and what he put into the house, even though it wasn't legit. A lot of people bought it and perception is reality in the house. And that's, that's, that's where we are right now. So we'll see. Hey, you know, maybe he'll be able to own it one day, but we'll see for now. Uh, we'll see. Take it. Don't, don't go too, too crazy on people. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So with that said, very excited about tomorrow's episode. We will see what this chain of power or whatever it is, uh, chain of safety. We will see what that has in store for us tomorrow. Um, as far as next week, we will be back right here on Reality NSFW to bring you the latest episode on Wednesday and to talk about the entire week of Big Brother as a whole and break down everything. And uh, hopefully, we'll have some more information about how this week uh, this week went and uh, be able yeah. to bring that all to you. So, Brent, where can people find you? You can always find me at one lucky gay. That's one spelled out O N E and hit me up. If you got a DM, I usually answer them or at least I try to in my own sweet time. You can always ask me anything you want and, uh, or just hit me up with a tweet and I'll be happy to answer. That reminds me, I've been very bad with everything that's gone over the last couple of weeks uh, with uh, family stuff that I haven't been able to go to look at my DMS. I know people have messaged me. I apologize for that. And I'm getting to answer those as fast as I can. But uh, yeah, you can find me at Goodsby Bobby. Uh, hit me up on there. And for Brent, I'm Bobby. We will see you next week where we break down everything that has happened. Until then, we'll see you guys soon. And for more reality NSFW content, visit AdFreeNSFW. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.